Hello everyone, this is a Bridges of Meaning Discord conversation. I'm Job van Achterberg and today my guest is Luke. Hey Luke, what brings you to the Discord? Hey, so uh, I guess, you know, I found um, Paul Vanderclay on YouTube. Um, and I think I, I first saw a video where he was talking about uh, Jordan Peterson. And then I, I did some research and realized that he was like a, a pastor that is reformed. And I found that pretty interesting because um, I hadn't really seen anyone talking from that angle. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what first got me here. Um, yeah, now just trying to, uh, you know, keep up with all these conversations that are going on. It seems like, um, you know, I it, I think it was that and then also finding Jonathan Peugeot um, uh-huh. and his conversations with uh, Paul. Because um, I guess, let me think, I'm a fairly new um, Christian, so it was, it was kind of like I've just been researching pretty heavily. Um, trying to figure out what's going on and ended up here. So tell me a bit about that. I'd love to hear how that happened. Yeah. um, Let's see. Uh, I guess it kind of started with, um, with Peterson. Um, I think, let me think, how did it all start? So I'm a musician. Um, And I was kind of into like some sort of new age type things. Mm-hmm. Um, and some somehow I got sent, you know, I, I was interested in all this culture war stuff going on. This was probably like two years ago. Um, and there was like the IDW um, and somebody that I'd been talking to sent me a video of Peterson with Weinstein. Um, I think it was with Brett on the Rogan podcast, Brett Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Um and then, uh, let's see what happened. Basically, I, I just kind of like watched everything <laughs> that, he, <laughs> that he had, <laughs> which seems to be kind of like the common, I, I've, I've seen other people talking like they kind of had a similar experience. Um, and yeah, for like a year, basically just like was watching all his stuff. And then <clears throat> finally, you know, got convinced to like find a Bible and start reading. And then... Um, I think I was like reading Matthew one day and it was like, <laughs> I don't know. I just had this like, I, a realization that this was not, uh, like a man written thing. Um, and, uh, then from there, that was probably, that was probably like a year and a half ago. Um, well, ago. well what was your background before that? So I was raised Catholic, um, I was raised, uh, you know, I was confirmed, and then I went to college uh, in the U.S. at the University of Florida, um, and kind of like fell away, didn't really have like a church or anything, and then I found this like, (laughs) there's this guy in Gainesville, Florida, um, and he runs this thing called the Temple of the Universe. And, um, he's like a best, he's like a best-selling author. Um, he's been on like Oprah. Um, and he's, he gives these like talks, uh, like twice a week, or I guess a few times, more than twice. Um, and he's, he's kind of like a new age, like very new age, but then he like, um, 
like just to give you an idea, like he has like his where he's giving his talks are like uh, this big sort of like he's just got like twenty or thirty pictures of like Indian Hindu guru people, and then like a picture of Jesus like right in the middle, like very clearly highlighted. Um, so he's kind of, I guess I, I don't know like how familiar you are with like the New Age type stuff, but he was kind of like trying to merge all these things, and he would just talk about like spirituality. Um, so I kind of got sucked into that world, um, for a few years of like trying to be like a pseudo Buddhist. Um, and then, yeah, they came, started like coming back to this stuff, um, or to, to like Christianity, like, I guess you could say, yeah, around a year and a half ago. Did you experience the new age world as positive? Um, like, did it work for you? No, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it was like better than nothing, um, you know, but there is this very much like there's there's a there's a group of people. Um, and and I guess you could call them content creators that are kind of like new age to Christian. Uh, I guess you could call them like commentators. Um, and so some of the things they talk about is how like the new age is very like it's like a treadmill. Um, <laughs> it's like you have one thing that you'll try out and it'll work kind of okay for a few months. And then you need to try it a new thing and get a new book. Um, and then you need to try it a new thing and get a new book. And you're just constantly doing all these things, trying to achieve, 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 achieve. Mm. Um, does that make sense? I guess like it doesn't, it doesn't really give you a, a one thing to work towards. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's almost like you have to achieve your own salvation as opposed to um, which you do through reading books through reading books and meditating and and um, I don't know I was mostly into just like meditation and like mindfulness meditation mm -hmm. um, and thinking like that could you know fulfill you um, and I would say it, it doesn't <laughs> um, but you were looking for that yeah yeah, and then I, I found that, um, I would say, in Christianity. Huh. Jesus. So you didn't end up kind of moving to a, a nihilistic atheism? I was like, I don't think I ever got full-on nihilism. Um, and I think, I think what may have kept that from happening is um, is really like the music and, and making music and being a musician just mm. kind of I don't know if, for me it's like when I would hear like classical music um, I don't know there's always this hint that there's something greater so I was kind of almost like an agnostic confused <laughs> um, <laughs> just kind of like a nothing right um, floating along Floating along, clueless. Mm. Um, and then I, you know, I really like, as I, as this all started happening, I started diving more into like apologetics um, and reading like uh, William Lane Craig and listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, sure. What'd you say? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm listening to a book by him right now. Oh, what are you listening to? Uh, Philosophical Considerations for a Christian Worldview. 
he wrote it together with uh, J.P. Moreland. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. Um, that's on my list. It's pretty rough. Oh, it's all uh, <laughs> symbolic logic, first order predicate logic, and then it goes straight into epistemology. Like, like he says in the introduction, this isn't bedtime reading. It really isn't. It's like used in in studies, I think, in in uh, um, religious colleges. Yeah, so it's like a deep philosophical textbook. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but it, it's it's lovely because it really helps you thinking about logic, uh, knowledge, how you know what you know, how you can know to begin with. So I'm only in chapter two, but it's just, uh, I got to really pay attention. So anyway, do go on. Yeah, where was I? Um, I was talking about apologetics. Um, yeah, and then reading, I've been reading a lot of C.S. Lewis mm -hmm. um, and and Tim Keller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're both... <laughs> They're both so good. Mm -hmm. I'm reading the I'm reading the Space Trilogy right now. Have you read that? I haven't, but I've heard good things about it. Uh, Luke and Jeff on the Discord would love to talk with you about that, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. Other... What is the general makeup like of the of the people within the Discord? What would you say kind of the breakdown of their beliefs are? It, va to... it varies. Uh, I mean, we have about 1,200 members now. I think... The, of the ones that are forming the active core, most of them are, are some sort of, of Christian. Um, there are some uh, very religious people and some just kind of shirking against it. Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I would say it's mostly Protestant, given there are introduction channels to Catholicism and Orthodoxy, but there isn't an introduction to Protestantism. So that kind of tells you something. <laughs> Uh, I, I, it, it's the makeup has changed over the months, but I, yeah, I mean, we even have one Unitarian, I think. Uh, yeah, pretty sure he is Unitarian. Last time I checked, that's Sam Adams. Uh, but to, to give you real numbers, I actually don't know. Uh, and we used to have a couple of atheists, but they keep converting, so that doesn't work. <laughs> that's. That totally makes sense. Uh, so, so how do people around you respond to you uh, going from, let's say, New Age to to Christianity? Um, let's think. It's kind of been like so. When was this? It was I think it was last June. I mean, I live with three other guys, and they were all supportive because they were all, um, they were all Christian, and I was never super upfront with the new age stuff. I was never an evangelical new ager, mm -hmm. uh, if that makes sense. And uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't too shocking to them. And then, I mean, I told my, I told some of my family and they were, they were very supportive, I would say. And then I mean, most other people I've talked to about it end up being Christians themselves and are just happy about it. Um, I have had some interesting talks with people that had assumed I was an atheist just because of, um, and then and then come to tell them that I'm not. It it is funny to see. I don't know if funny is the right word. It's sometimes they react very shocked. I guess you could say. 
I, I encountered that with someone, with a friend of mine uh, that I hadn't seen in probably a few years. And it was probably like a month or two months after this, this is all had happened. And it was, it was like, I said this and then it was like floodgates opened and it was just like a three or four hour debate. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was not, I don't know if I'd call it a kind debate. There was yelling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it was spirited and, and in the end it was all good, but it is, int- I don't think people that I've talked to, it's like, they've never encountered any of the arguments for Christianity. It's almost as though they have a, they don't even know that there are arguments um, or apologetic arguments. Right. Have you, have you ever discovered that? Did you come from atheism, or have you always been a Christian? No, I came. I was a pretty, pretty large anti-theist. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm reluctant to call myself a Christian to begin with. Uh, oh, okay. But I was. I, I, uh, yeah. I hoped you would be rid of this in my lifetime. Like, obviously, it, it was just holding us back, and. Yeah, that's that's a big big plate of crow I'm eating these days. Um, <laughs> but Are you vocal but, about it? About my Christianity? About no, about uh, about being anti. Uh, I used to be. I mean, I would hang out on religious forums, just you know, debating with these people because how could they possibly believe any of this stuff? Just that face value, it's ridiculous. Like, how can you possibly take it seriously? And looking back, I kind of wish that somebody would just have slapped me around the head with Thomas Aquinas or something, anything, to just, (laughs) like, give me something to contend with because I live in, uh, in what's generally regarded the Bible Belt of the Netherlands. And sometimes in the shopping streets, that'd be these street preachers right and i'd be thinking you know who, who are you trying to find here this is the bible belt but anyway they did sometimes they you know they'd see me walk and say hey can we talk to you and say sure and my wife would already walk on because she knew what was coming and uh you know they'd say if you heard about jesus and we'd, we'd get into these debates and i don't know we just kind of usually just either i'd i just no, we, we just would never would agree. Eventually, we'd come to a standstill on, well, you're going to believe what you're going to believe. I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe. At least I'm basing my beliefs on science. You're grabbing them from this book. Therefore, you know, and I know what I'm going to do. So I, it's just, I didn't have any really, my, my beliefs weren't challenged very well. And... I think maybe if, if around that time I would have read the things I'm reading now, maybe I would have had at least more respect towards it at that time, or at least would have considered, okay, so their ideas are founded on these particular axioms. I would have maybe realized that uh, my sci- scientific materialist view was pretty much found on some assumptions on the state of reality as well. I mean, it's not like I was versed in, in proper epistemology. And it wasn't like my arguments against religion weren't particularly good. 
they were just good enough. So, you know, it's very easy to, 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 to slap some religious person around the head with, excuse me, with the slaughter of the Midianites in Numbers 31 and say, okay, explain that to me, you know, God boy. And they'd be like, well, yeah, but, you know, you're taking that out of context. And I go, it says it there, right? Doesn't it? It's your book. It's not my book. This stuff is easy. And you got to be well-versed in, in exegesis and proper apologetics to deal with that. But if somebody had, had smacked me around the head with, like, proper philosophical metaphysics, like, even if they'd taken Aristotle's ideas towards a prime mover or... Uh, uh, Leibniz or Augustine, you know, I'm not saying I would have been receptive, but I would be like, okay, I can't argue around this. Because, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I was yeah. too young. Yeah, that's that was one of the weirdest. I, I found it so weird being a, you know, I was confirmed as a Catholic and I never had any sort of even touch on apologetics or any of the arguments or anything like that it wasn't even i didn't even know it existed i didn't mm. even know that was a word <laughs> and it's like how does that happen how does that how is it not how is the church how could they not bring that in at some point as a young person or with their young people yeah to me, it was always <laughs> it was always mind-boggling or it's been mind-boggling for the past year or so thinking about that. Because um, I did retreats and I did, I would go to the, uh, I think there would be two sessions per week of what, the the youth group meetup and there was nothing about that at all. It's like this whole world exists. It's this, <laughs> that just is not in any part of the culture seems like and i mean were there was there like time for people to ask questions i mean was there was there that sort of epistemological inquiry like did people debate each other on things at these retreats no no this was like a youth group retreat where it would be like singing songs and then i mean just the basic um i didn't go on a lot i think i probably went on two and they were basically just Thinking back, I don't. There wasn't much at all uh, actual education on the Bible or even the Catholic Catechism or anything really. Hmm. Um, definitely no debates. Definitely no sort of intellectual discussion. I would say maybe there were, and I just forget, and or just wasn't interested, but. It didn't seem like that. It seemed like it was just the very most minimal amount of theology you could possibly give. Um, coupled with don't sin. <laughs> and yeah, it was kind of bizarre looking back. Just very, very simple stuff. Mm. And I sometimes wonder if, if they had challenged us, if it would have... Because I think in the U.S. they say it's something like 25 or 75 percent of, I can't remember the exact number where I saw this, but something like a good percentage of Christians when, they're, when they go off to college will fall away. 
and it's like they're not equipped. Yeah, I mean, I had, I had a cousin, and uh, he um, he went to uh, to be confirmed. Uh, is is that the right word in in the Reformed Protestant Church? Uh, he um, yeah, like he confirmed his faith in front of the congregation, you know, together with his older brother. And, uh, you know, we were good friends when I was young. And I remember when uh, when I was once over there, they took me to some festival, which was a religious festival with me, like music and arts and all that stuff. I was just annoyed there was no beer. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, he was just really into that. And, and I remember his mom, my aunt, asking me, like, you know, what did you think? And I said, well, you know, these people just really want to believe and nothing's going to convince them otherwise. And he just got really offended at that. But, you know, that's just what I saw when I was there. But anyway, he gets older, decided to study philosophy in school and tells me years later in hushed tones that he's become an atheist. And he was really? like so excited to share that with me. It's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm an atheist now, too. And I'm like, really? And like, you know, well, guess what I found when I studied philosophy? <laughs> oh, no. So, I mean, so you both <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I talked to him recently and he's like, oh, well, never expected that to happen. Like, yeah, no, me neither. But hey, it happened. So, I mean, I would say part of me still hopes this goes away. But who am I kidding? I, I don't think it will. But <laughs> it's, it is interesting how... Like you said, people go to college and they lose that because they haven't, maybe haven't particularly examined why they believe what they believe. Although you would think if somebody has taken active confirmation that they, they profess in front of the church what they believe, that they sort of understand that, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's bizarre because... Where I grew up, it was it was kind of a suburb, and it wasn't a place where there would have been any sort of intellectual intellectual type discussions going on. I would say I grew up in in Florida. I don't know how familiar you are with the United States, but I know it as alligators, uh, <laughs> and a particular yeah, man called Florida man lives there. Yes, many Florida men. Um, I'm related to some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, um, yeah, it wasn't even, it, it, you don't even, know, I, I would say I didn't even know that there was, there would be a debate about that type of thing. Well, I guess that's, that's probably not true, but it wasn't something you would confront or see within the, the city or the area. Whereas when you get to college, that's not the case. You're exposed to all these ideas. And a lot of those kids that, that I think grew up with no sort of challenge have never i mean it's like going into a boxing match and never having boxed before and then getting punched and not really knowing what to do mm -hmm. and i think the so many so many churches and and, and stuff in the united states are so there does seem to be a an anti-intellect, just in the United States culture, an anti-intellectualism sort of running deep. I don't know. Does it seem that way to you from the outside, from you're in the Netherlands? 
whether I think there's an anti-intellectualism in the US? Yeah. No, no, I don't think that at all. I mean, I'm married to an American. Uh, mm. She's from Michigan originally. And like when I when I see what she studied in school, like she got the classics and Shakespeare and had to read all these classic novels. I didn't get that in school. So maybe it depends on where you are. But I, I, I never got that impression. I know your school system is different. But I, I don't think there's particularly nationwide anti-intellectualism. I think I think they're just people living there. Yeah, it's, it's probably true. It's yeah, it's I guess I live in a more the the southern area where I think it's not as because I didn't get any of the classics or anything like that uh, in college at all. I kind of had to get into that on my own and. And I, I almost got more in high school than I did in college. Mm. Um, where did where did she study? Um, well, I think she she did her high school was probably either in Grand Rapids or in Rockford, Michigan, and she went to college at Calvin College, which is Calvin College. Yeah, I I just read Peter Craved describe it as a liberal arts college so that's probably what it was uh she studied to be a um uh um, what is it radiologist uh x-ray mechanic and uh i'm pretty sure she got all her classic education in uh uh in high school but but don't don't quote me on it interesting so how long have you been a part of the discord oh geez uh i don't know kind of since the beginning i think i was how uh, long has it been uh, how long has it been going i think oh that's difficult i think last year august uh it feels longer i think somewhere about last year august but i'm not entirely sure i could probably find the emails that have to do with that let me see real quick if i can go ahead You were saying? Oh yeah, I was gonna say so. It was started by um, uh, Paul Vanderclay. Yeah, it was started by a bunch of people from the meetup he organized. Uh, the main guy being Joey Antonassi. He's the owner of the Discord. Uh, I just looked at my email, and it seems that the first setups for starting some sort of group was in July 2019. So uh, yeah, it's been about a year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It it started out as a tiny place and it just kept growing and growing and yeah. It's it's it's, it's been it's been crazy really when you think about it. Like, you know, like you you're asking me to have a conversation with you and you know, I get to hear your story and I've I've heard many people's stories and it's just it's just really amazing. It's uh and it's 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 just really cool to hear, you know, how you got from where you are to to, from where you were to where you are now. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. How how many people have you have said that uh, Jordan Peterson had something to do with? Oh, that's them? that's of all the people I talked to, it's probably about 90 percent. Yeah, it seems like he's uh, he did something. Did oh you, yeah. Did you 
Did you see the video he released uh, recently with his daughter? Yeah. What did you think? Man, he went through. He went through it. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know some of that was possible. The what? I can't remember the term with it. You just have this constant just pain just hitting you. Um, sounded brutal. It's Gandalf fighting the Balrog. That's <laughs> that's that's great. It's 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 so surprising because it was like he he was so prominent. I mean, he was the I mean number one best selling author on Amazon, and then just out of nowhere, he seemingly just disappeared. Yeah, I. I'm I'm happy he's doing better, but I was fearing for him because, you know, he's already he was pretty fragile when he was doing well, and then you know his daughter having all these these rheumatoid problems, and then his wife gets this cancer that first just seems to be okay, and then it turns out to be this terrible cancer. I mean, cancers are never okay as far as cancers go, but you know at least seem treatable, and then I mean that will just destroy anyone. I'm just, oh yeah 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 it was unreal it was it just every possible bad thing that could happen to him at that time it seemed like happened and he's just well, he's, yeah he's helped so many people and i just want him to to take that and go you know sit on a beach somewhere with a, with a drink and just relax You've done your thing, man. Well, Enjoy it. He's got that second book coming out. You think he's going to do another tour? You know, he's probably, a, I, I think he has an agent, and it wouldn't surprise me if the agent would be like, well, we got to do a promotion tour. So you got to go back on Rogan, and you got to go back on this news, and you got to go, you know, back on with Kathy Newman on BBC4. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, you got to do this and that. And I hope he, he won't have to. Uh, from what I've understood, I know that Luke on the Discord is on the mailing list of uh, JP, and he, they get little like sneak previews of the book. It seems to be good. Uh, he's got high hopes. So, yeah, man. Again, yeah, I, mean, I I don't see you interacting much on the Discord, and that's fine. By the way, you're perfectly free to lurk, but you might like to talk with Jeff P and with Luke Thompson. They are big into Lewis and space strategy. And I think they've been, uh, are you familiar with the Randos United channel? Randos United? Yeah, so Randos United is a YouTube channel that spun off the Discord. Um, so you can find it if you Ooh. YouTube Randos United. I think there's at least one video where Luke and Jeff are reading as, a, as an exercise the, the space strategy and then discuss it. I think oh, that's man. true. There's loads of stuff there. That sounds like my cup of tea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I for the Discord, I I hadn't used Discord before basically joining this Discord, so I'm still kind of trying to figure out the the etiquette cuz it's it's kind of like Slack, but it seems like it's a little more there aren't threads. Um it's a fire hose. So I've been trying to just, yeah, 
It's just nonsense. Is, is Luke the magical mystery tour team? <laughs> he goes by many names, but yeah, that's him. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, he just posted some... Oh, I didn't realize... Um, yeah, there's some interesting people in here. There's people posting on, like, The Federalist, which is a pretty sizable um, website. Yeah, this this place is something special, and the we've we've had mostly just very good, uh, let's say, culture. Um, we've only had a couple of bad players, and I I think we've only ever banned one person. And you know, knock on wood, I hope it only needs to happen once. But uh, it's it's just really interesting to see the people that come here and how they fit in. And I've had conversations with people who are active here all the time and with people who just kind of lurk. And it's, it's just been, been something. Yeah, I've definitely been uh, on, the, on the lurking end of things so far. That's fine. I mean, it, this thing is always moving. And I remember when I would kind of log in in the morning, let's say that was in August, you know, we were just live for a month. And you could kind of just see what everyone had posted the night before. You can't do that anymore. It's just endless, endless content. And people are making videos and people are making art. And then um, you see this channel. There's a channel called Remembering Voth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Voth was a member here and he passed away recently. And we found out while we were having a live Q&A with Paul van der Klee in, uh, in, in this Convo recording channel. So every Friday... Paul is here, uh, give or take, to, to answer questions for like two hours. And, uh, you know, the, the community really comes together around that. And a while ago, that's when we found out that Vath had passed because his, his wife came here to, to tell us. And uh, or no, somebody found out and, and told us, and I think it was his wife. And the community just came together around that shared grief and... And we, we read his poetry and, and we just you know, remembered all the good things we knew about him. And the fact that that, was, that just happened the way it did really showed to me how special this place is and how necessary it is for a lot of people where, where they can talk about this stuff and where they can be, be, be known and know others. Yeah, it's, it's, that's I saw all the stuff with Voth. It was... I think I had joined, I think it might have happened the day after I joined, um, because I was going to introduce myself. Mm. I was, I think I was actually opening up to type it and someone's like, Voth just passed away. Oh. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't just like come in and say, hey, everybody. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cause I mean, I think it was, it was literally like I was going to type it in and I looked up and it was like, a, it was like he had just. They had just announced it in the in the main channel or something, so I held off on that. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was pretty amazing to see how how much of an outpouring there was in this Discord channel. It's pretty because I think it is really hard to talk about these topics in the general with the general public. <laughs> Or just people in your life, because it doesn't seem like many people want to go there. Um, 
At least that's been my experience a lot of the times. Some people are more than happy to. But a lot of people, if, if you kind of start diving into religion or philosophy, it's like the eyes glaze over and they yeah. have to run or... Yeah, you've heard, so, you yeah. know, Jonathan Peugeot has said, like, I have this channel, but I don't talk to people about symbolism all the time, you know. I talk to you guys about that. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do envision when I think of him that he, just his entire day, everyone he talks to, that's that all he does is talk about symbolism. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think Paul Vanderclay has an outlet for this to, to, to people all the time. Like, He's trying not to do that in his sermons either. Like, you know, people ask him, like, why don't you put this stuff in your sermons? Why are your sermons so different? It's like, oh, I can't put that in there. And like, I have a, I have a co-worker who is uh, a, a Catholic. I just started a new job, so I just got to know him. And uh, so we really found each other as like, we, 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 we want to talk about this stuff all the time. And he says, why do you think people don't want to talk about this stuff during lunch? Why do we just talk about during work lunch? Why do we just talk about this superficial stuff? And I said, well, not, not everybody cares about, you know, the epistemologic basis for their beliefs on a daily basis. I mean, that's kind of religion nerdery <laughs> when, you when you think about it. So sometimes you just, you know, sometimes you want to eat a really good steak. But sometimes you just want to have McDonald's, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. We we can't be thinking about the basis for our beliefs and the nature of reality all the time. If you want to do that, you should become a monk or live in a monastery. It's, it's <laughs> yes. not for all people. I love the I love the steak analogy versus McDonald's. You yeah. can't always eat steak. Right. Well, unless you're Peterson and you need it for dietary health, but yeah <laughs> yeah i guess that's all all he was eating for a minute there yeah and like how does diet. the man go to the toilet but you know apparently it works for him so you gotta eat some have fiber you, yeah yeah have you seen have you heard joe rogan because he tried it uh he tried that diet oh did he and he made a he made a post about it and he was like it was just the most explosive um <laughs> I won't go into details, but it, the, the post he wrote was like, it was the most graphic. It was, it sounded horrible. Oh, uh, boy. And I'm sure you you can fill in the blanks. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I should, I should look that up. Yeah, it's it's worth, uh, he's talking about it. I think it's on Instagram. Oh, um, boy. So yeah, I wanna go it, it's, oh, wait, go ahead. I, I want to go back a bit to a thing you said earlier that stuck in my head. Hang on. So you said you started reading Matthew and mm -hmm. something in there struck you as said, you know, this is, this is not just something, or you, I think you said this is not written by man or something like that. So what was that? Um, it was the Sermon on the Mount. And I think it was, I was thinking about what life probably would have been like 2000 years ago and just the general um because i think we're so steeped in the christian ideas of like love your neighbor i mean and this could be wrong i'm not too familiar with the historical like i'm not an expert in this by any means but basically i was just thinking like man people were probably really mean really terrible life was probably really tough um probably you know 
people were dying all the time, life expectancy much shorter. And then somebody comes out and says, you know, these very, I mean, the Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's so radically different to, um, you know, like probably the more domineering type culture. And I was like, this is just so, it doesn't sound shocking to us now, but I was thinking back then it probably would have just been so far out of left field. Um, and I mean, I guess it still is shocking to people today because people can't, people rally against it. Um, but I was just thinking like, man, there's no way that somebody just thought of this. Um, like it had to just, it's, it's above man's thought. It's like, we're looking up at it. Um, and it was like, when I, when I started having that thought, it was, I, I don't know, it was like, a, uh, the Holy spirit or came, it, it was, it was very bizarre sensation. Cause I was in my room and it was like all, it, it was like all the colors almost changed. It was very, they didn't actually change, but it was like just the energy of everything just like flipped. It was like, it was like in stranger things, like going from like the upside down to the like right side. I don't know if you've watched that show. Um, no, but it sounded like you got poked in the head. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, and I'm not even sure if it's it's a logical thing. That's just what, what my thought was at the time. Um, and really just dove, made me just dive in. Um, and I was reading the... The Bible is literature. Have you seen that version where it's there's no verse numbers? It's just like it's a book. No. Yeah, Peterson. Peterson. I don't know if he still has it on his recommended books, but it's basically like the Bible is living literature, and so it's it's printed as though it's a novel, hmm. um, with just the the book heading, and then there's no chapter numbers or verse numbers. So it's just paragraphs and text. Um, and something about that made it a little easier to read at the time. But yeah, did that does that answer your question of like what I meant by that? Yeah, but you 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 say it so lackadaisyish, like okay, that happened, but that must have been I don't know, that's got to like shatter at least some some axiom here and there. Oh, I mean it shattered like everything and then um I guess, you know, I had been so, I had had other, I had other sort of, um, I'll call them in using the, the C.S. Lewis wording, like pockets of joy or, or moments of light, if you will. Um, one of them I remember distinctly was I was, um, I think I was doing, I was trying to do the Peterson self-authoring mm -hmm. and and this was before I'd even, you know, picked up a Bible. And it was like, I was just thinking like, okay, what is like the thing I'm shooting for? And there are all these different things that I could shoot for. And if I, I almost envisioned it, like there was this like swarm of thoughts around my head and they were just flying everywhere. And there was no real, um, what's the word? Like there was no real, like hard structure. It was just, it was almost like a gas, right? Like a gas, like there's just particles going everywhere. And I was very, um, confused as to what you know like what action to take based on like trying to form these values myself it was very kind of the nietzschean sort of you know form your own values and and then pursue that and 
And then I just had this thought, I don't know why it was like Christianity. And it was like that the thoughts in my head just kind of coalesced into this rock. And it was like, oh, that, that's a structured thought system. Like that has, you know, this is this, this is this. It's very clear. I'm not coming up with it. It's very solid. It's a place to stand and look and see everything. Whereas myself trying to make this, it's almost impossible to come to a guiding principle or it, it, it was by trying to find a guiding principle, I was realizing how difficult it was to actually find one. Um, and so I had this thought before, like, okay, maybe if, if I don't even believe the Christian story, but I just take the, the ethic of it, mm -hmm. it will, it will be something useful that I could use. And I could just live this life without necessarily believing everything. Um, or thinking, you know, any of the, any of the, the spiritual claims. And so then I, I kind of started down that path. And then it was like, I was like, well, I should read the Bible. And then, um, I don't know, I was sitting in, 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 to go off on another one, uh, another thing that happened. It was like, I was sitting in a coffee shop listening to Mozart. And it was just like, this was probably a few months after that first one and a few months before reading Matthew. And it was like, uh, it just all, I, I was just like, there's no way that there's not something divine. <laughs> I was like, there's just no way. Um, and it's interesting because Tim Keller talks about that. Have you read his Reason for God book? Yes. Yeah, his, his section on beauty um, really, uh, I was like, oh, that was a big one for me and how, how beauty can be a, an evangelical tool or force. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I get you. Uh, I, I recently read uh, Sir Roger Scruton's book on beauty. Oh, and... I have that. <laughs> oh, you've, you've read it? No, I haven't read it yet. It's on my, I, I buy books and then plan to read them months later. So I'm, it's on my list. Uh-huh. Oh, it's good though. Yeah, yeah, you'll like it if you uh, if you like that that which Keller said, then you'll you'll like that too. You said you're reading it now. No, no, I've I finished it. Right now, I'm just trying to get my head around uh, Craig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's got Craig has he goes to a church that's like forty minutes from my house. I found out. And I'm so tempted to just start going to that church and try to get in because he teaches his Defender series, and I've thought about trying to to go and sit in on it. Um, yeah, because he's he's just <laughs> everything about him is so interesting to me. He he just is so uh, happy, you know. In, in his oh wait, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I said he happy. He's always really happy. Yeah, <laughs> he goes into these serious debates and you can just feel that he's this very happy person. Yeah. And he'll go, because most of the time, I think when I've seen people that are deeply philosophical and intellectual, they always kind of seem a little angrier or more serious. And he's serious, but he somehow is joyful about it. Yeah. Uh, have you read his book uh, On Guard? I'm reading it right now. Oh, well, I mean, he has this little story where he goes back in time where 
you know, he, he, there's this girl in his class, and he's like, why are you always so happy anyway? She's like, well, because I'm saved. I'm like, okay. No. <laughs> okay. I think I, yeah, I think I read that last week. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're going about, through books at a click, man. Man, I am, uh, I like buying a lot of books. I... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always I'm so stupid because I read like eight at one time. Um, <laughs> That's not stupid. That's great. That's how people should live. Just juggle books. Yeah, I found that if I if I have a lot of books, I end up spending less time looking into like politics or social media, and I can just like when I get bored of one, just pick up another, and then it's a much more coherent line of thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should go to his church. See if he shows up. I think he would, because he doesn't ever mention it anywhere online that that's the church he goes to, but I was listening to one of his talk, or one of his, yeah, because he teaches the the Defender series. It's like his, I guess it's his version of like Systematic Theology 101, or the Systematic, kind of like the same thing that one of those uh, Systematic Theology textbooks would teach. Mm Mm-hmm. But he does it talking, and he mentions the name of the church, and I was like, oh, I wonder where that is. Um, and it's like right down the road. Hmm. Which is pretty crazy. So you don't go to a church right now, or? I've been, I've been looking. I was going to a, ch- well, I started off, when I first got in, I was going to this Catholic church, and then I started reading more about Protestant arguments against Catholicism, and I was like, okay, now I got to go to a Protestant church. Mm-hmm. So I was going to one for a few months, and then I moved, and I found another one, and I had gone like three times, and then all the coronavirus stuff happened. Oh yeah. Um, and so I think I'm probably gonna try to go back to that one um, sometime in the next few weeks, but then you know, I then I watch like all these Jonathan Peugeot videos, and I'm like, well, I need to understand orthodoxy now because this is fascinating um (laughs) that's how to get you i know (laughs) i thought when i first when all this was happening to me i was like okay so now that i'm a christian everybody thinks the same thing i'll just walk into a church and we'll all just agree on everything no (laughs) not anything (laughs) it's like everything is uh i guess it's they're not that different but it was very naive initial thoughts on churches um so yeah, now I gotta. I'll probably just. I. I it's so weird. Do you, when you were, do you attend a church now? Yes. Did you find it difficult when you were first getting going to find one? Uh, no, I went to one down the street. <laughs> Again, I live in the Bible Belt. There's plenty of choice. Uh, no, there's like two down the street. So I just went into one that I sort of knew from my upbringing, and. Uh, yeah, that 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 went fine. I mean, no, it didn't. It didn't go fine. It was difficult, and I had to adjust. But it went as well as it could have. I miss it now. So yeah, that yeah, happened. it is. Uh, it is a kind of. It's the the coronavirus stuff is just so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. I think I I think I had it back in March, and then really. Yeah, well, so my roommate got tested, one of them, and he he tested positive. Um, and he was sick for, I think, three days, and I was sick for two weeks. Um, 
And I talked to a few doctors. They weren't, weren't testing at the time, but I think I definitely had it. Um, and my, I had nurse and doctor friends say like, oh, you've probably got it just based on the symptoms. Sounds rough two weeks. Yeah, it was, it was a weird, for me, it wasn't that bad. It was just like, I was tired all the time. And then like when it would get, when it, when night would come around, it would get a lot worse. It was like lung tightness. Um, and like, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and it would just be almost like my lungs were like heavy. Um, yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird sickness. It was not because I didn't have any typical cold symptoms. Like there was no runny nose, no real cough, just like lung congestion, really tired. And I couldn't think straight to save my life. It was like, I would start, I'd have like a, you know, typically you have like a train of thoughts and they kind of go, mm -hmm. you have a train, like you have a thought and then the four steps in between the thought are just gone. And then there's another thought that doesn't really connect. It was, and I talked to a nurse and he said that one of the symptoms is changes in mentation, which he defined as thinking, um, and said that I guess because what it's doing to your lungs is like, it's, I guess it's, it's binding to the, the area where the oxygen is absorbed and blocking some of that. So you end up taking in less oxygen. And so I think that was happening to me. I'm glad you made it through, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's a scary time. Still is kind of scary time. Yeah, but you, you like, you don't notice it now anymore. Cause I hear from people who, uh, like even after they've recovered, they still kind of get these, these symptoms. I haven't felt sick. I have on occasion when I'm exercising or doing something more strenuous felt maybe my lungs aren't the same, but I'm not sure if it's just mental. Yeah. I don't. And then occasionally there's some sort of lung tightness. That's just like real momentary, but I don't think I've had anything continuing on. Could be wrong. Knock on wood. <laughs> well, we got about five minutes. Uh, anything in particular you want to talk about? Um, I think we covered it. Uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you and kind of getting an introduction to what what is going on with this Discord. Because I just heard about it. I was just listening to a random Vanderclay video and just joined. Um, what? Are, oh, so where does he do the uh, where does he do the the Q and A's? That's that's right here in this channel every Friday at uh let's see you're in florida um i think it's his noon so that's hang on no it's his his 10 in the morning so it's 10 in the morning california time i think okay so that would be my 1 p.m yeah they do yeah. tend to get announced but uh you can always check in here on the friday and ask uh usually they get announced somewhere okay cool um yeah you should show up yeah i'll definitely i think i can do that tomorrow all right man well i loved hearing your story 
Yeah, thanks so much for asking if we, if we could talk because this was great. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I Thank you so much for taking the time. All right, man. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.